Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 46 of the Grumpy Girlfriend podcast with me, your host and certified life coach, Katrine Bernd. Today, we are going to talk about the worst that can happen. It's not uncommon for grumpy girlfriends to constantly worry about the worst case scenarios in the relationship, which then fills us with anxiety and worry and fear. Those emotions are then brought into the relationship and we start acting a bit crazy as a result. Worrying about the worst case scenario is a primitive survival instinct because thinking about all the best case scenarios, well, it's not very useful. It's much better to prepare for danger and potential threats. But since the outcome is more or less never death in our grumpy girlfriend worst case scenarios, we need to do something about this negative focus that we have. There are three steps to take in the process of moving away from focusing on the worst case scenario all of the time. Those three steps are figuring out what the worst that can happen actually is, making peace with the worst case scenario, and then practicing something I call equal airtime. I'll walk you through all of these steps in today's episode. Let's start with the first one. What is the actual worst thing that can happen. When I learned this concept, my mind was blown. (laughs) I had never thought of it that way before, and my brain did try to find all of the loopholes and all of the exceptions to the rule in order to disprove it, but I just couldn't. And once I finally settled into it and accepted it, a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. The concept is that the worst that can happen is always an emotion. The only reason we ever don't want something to happen is because of how we think we're going to feel when it does. It's never ever the thing itself that we fear. It's the emotion that we associate with it. And if you've been listening to a couple of my episodes, you know that emotions are vibrations in our bodies, energy that flows through us. And all of our emotions are created by our thoughts. And our thoughts are always optional. So if the worst that can happen is an emotion, and emotions are painful but harmless, and we're the ones generating those emotions... Can you see how a lot of the worst case scenarios lose a lot of their scary power over us? Now, let's look at some examples of things that people will bring up to argue with this idea. I did myself. Um, First and foremost, I could die. That's a lot worse than an emotion. Well, Technically, it's not, because if you're dead, you won't even know about it. So dying isn't really that bad. Okay, I could get badly injured and still be alive. Yes, that is true. Physical pain is, of course, a very real thing, and it doesn't feel very good. But how often do you actually fear worst-case scenarios based on the physical pain that you anticipate experiencing. 
I think our brains are much better at accepting potential physical pain, like giving birth, and then taking necessary steps to prepare for it. When it comes to emotional pain, all of a sudden we act crazy and freaked out in order to prevent it. Like, nobody thinks about, like, you're breaking an arm or breaking a leg and being like, oh my god, it's gonna hurt really bad and that's why I don't want it to happen. Like, maybe that's a small part of it, but that doesn't usually take up a lot of brain power in our minds. It's more like, oh no, if I break my leg, I won't be able to do X, Y, Z and I will feel awful. But if someone told you, hey, if you break your leg, your life is going to change and you're going to like learn so many new things and you're going to be so grateful and happy and excited and it's going to be absolutely wonderful, you probably wouldn't worry about it as much. The thing is, breaking a leg or losing an arm or becoming blind and so on are only viewed as negative because of how we think about those things and how those thoughts then make us feel. We fear how we would feel if those things were to happen. Because there are armless and blind people in the world living amazing, happy lives. So the facts of the situation aren't really the problem. It's all about how we think we would feel if it were to happen. So what about my parent or my child dying? That's obviously worse than an emotion. Is it? Why? The only reason we don't want our parents and children to die is because of how we think we will feel when it happens. Have you heard of people who feel relief when their parents die? Either because their parents were horrible people, or because they have been suffering for a really long time. How is relief possible if the dying itself is what is so horrible? It's not the dying that is bad, it's how we feel when it happens. One of my biggest, slightly irrational fears used to be that I would mess up my bookkeeping and my business and be thrown in jail or end up on the street with nowhere to live. So I decided to apply this concept to those things as well. I asked myself, if I had a guarantee that if I was thrown into jail or if I ended up on the street and a crystal ball told me that you would be the most enlightened, creative and grateful that you have ever been in your life and you would thrive in those environments, would I still be terrified of it? No, I wouldn't. I only fear it because of how I think I would feel if it were to happen. If we look at a grumpy girlfriend example, oftentimes the worst case scenario has to do with cheating and or being broken up with. The only reason we don't want these things to happen is because of how we anticipate we will feel in our bodies if they do. We anticipate feeling heartbreak. We anticipate sadness, anxiety, jealousy, fear, anger, all of it. Maybe even disbelief or shame. That's why we can't stand the thought of it happening to us. We associate the thing happening, the actions of our partner, with how we will feel on the inside. 
So what am I saying here? Are we not supposed to feel pain when our parents or children die? Are we not supposed to feel pain when someone cheats on us or we don't have anywhere to live? No, that's definitely not what I'm saying. We absolutely get to feel all of the emotions when these things happen. But I want you to understand that the worst that can happen is an emotion in your body. A painful, scary tsunami of emotion, absolutely. But no emotion has the power to harm you if you're willing to feel it in your body. Process it. Allow for it. As we talked about in episode 37, how to feel your feelings, they only have the potential to harm us when we try to resist them, avoid them, or react to them. Letting this concept sink in will require some curiosity, courage, and high-level thinking on your part. If you feel an urge right now to stop listening to this podcast episode and just switch to something else, I strongly encourage you to stay and keep trying to wrap your head around it. It's so worth it once it finally starts to sink in. Give it some time. Imagine the worst thing that you can imagine going through. And then imagine removing any emotion that you associate with it. You can even theoretically replace the emotion that you're imagining with something positive and wonderful. See how the thing you fear all of a sudden isn't a problem anymore because you actually feel good when it happened. Again, this is not an exercise in being happy about everything horrible that could happen to you in your life. If you're physically attacked or someone close to you is murdered or you lose all of your belongings in a fire, it's not about being happy about these things. But I want you to notice that the pain and the reason of all of these things being horrible is because of the emotion we feel in our bodies. Fear, grief, panic, hopelessness. Without those feelings, none of these things are bad anymore. As human beings, we're supposed to experience a 50-50 split of positive and negative emotions. We want to feel awful when things happen to us or our loved ones. It's supposed to be there. Because we're not robots just moving through life. But there is nothing that can happen that is bad if all emotions are removed. So the worst that can happen is always an emotion in your body. Knowing this, you might be able to see why learning how to feel emotions, process them, not let them control you, and not fearing them is such an important skill in life. If you can feel any emotion without fear, and you know that you can handle any emotion in your body, no matter how awful it feels, that is where true confidence happens. Life is not about not feeling emotions. It's about feeling them and knowing that you are capable of feeling them without going under. This concept has helped me so much 
with the next part, which is making peace with the worst case scenario. In order to make peace with the worst case scenario, I want you to imagine what you're worried about in your relationship. What is the worst that can happen? Your partner cheats on you, your partner leaves you for someone else, your partner cheats and you don't find out about it, but everyone else knows. I'm sure most of you guys listening are quite familiar with the worst thing that you think can happen. Usually, when we think about it, we think the worst case scenario is kind of the end of the timeline, the the last piece of the puzzle. But I want you to think of the worst case scenario as the start of the timeline instead, and then keep going forward. Why would this be so bad? What do you imagine will happen next? Will you have to move? Will you have to figure out split custody of your pet? Will you lose contact with your partner's family? Keep going and keep thinking about why this is such a big problem. Do this for a couple of rounds until you feel like you've come out on the other side of this worst case scenario and you survived. Here's an example of a conversation that you can have with yourself in your mind or on a piece of paper about the worst case scenario that you are imagining. I fear that my partner will cheat on me. Why is this a problem? Because then we will have to break up. Why is this a problem? Because we will have to split all of our things and I'll have to move somewhere and find an apartment and I don't know where to go. Is it true that you don't know where to go? If you had to pick, where would you go? Um, I would go stay with my mom. Okay, great. Why is this a problem? I will feel awful the whole time and I will think that there's something wrong with me and I'll feel ashamed and embarrassed that I was cheated on. Okay, why is this a problem? I don't want to feel bad. Is that true? Do you not want to feel bad when you are cheated on? Well, I do, but I don't want to feel shame. What's the worst that can happen if you feel shame? I start hating myself and I don't ever have a good relationship again. Okay, why would that be a problem? I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. Why? What would happen if you were alone for the rest of your life? I would have a miserable life and it would all be a waste. Is that true? Feels true. Can you 100% know that that would be true? No. Okay, so the worst that can happen is that your partner cheats on you, you feel shame, you don't find a new partner, and you live your life alone. Could you survive that? Yes. Can you see how the only reason you fear this is because of what you make it mean and how you think you would feel if it were to happen? Yes. Can you see that feeling shame about being cheated on is optional? Maybe. If you want to feel pain when being cheated on, but you don't want to make it mean something about you, and you don't want to ruin all future hope of having a happy relationship, what kind of pain could you feel instead of shame? Sadness? Grief? Heartbreak? Good. So, if you are cheated on, you will choose to feel sadness, grief, and heartbreak. Could you handle feeling and processing these emotions? Yes. 
So, you would survive the worst case scenario. Yes. Perfect. So, at this point, you've understood that you can survive the worst case scenario. It's not the end of the world, and you will be able to process it and move through it. And it also shows that the reason we fear it so much is because of what we make it mean and how that meaning makes us feel. Emotions are not dangerous, and we can handle feeling them if we just open up to it. If you're not able to make peace with the worst case scenario happening, it's just because you're so unwilling to open up and feel the emotion that you associate with it. That resistance to feeling is what is fueling your brain's fear of the scenario happening to begin with. I'll say that again, so pay attention. The resistance you feel towards feeling that emotion, that resistance is what is fueling the fear of that scenario to begin with. It's only your fear of the feeling that makes you fear the worst case scenario. In order to start letting go of this fear and stop obsessing over it so much in your relationship, you have to open up to the idea of having these emotions in your body and surviving them. You will come out on the other side if you're willing to feel it. The worst that can happen is an emotion. You can feel any emotion and be okay. If you're willing to have heartbreak or sadness or grief in your body, if something were to happen, you no longer have to spend all of your time and energy preventing it from happening. Because all the things you're currently doing in your relationship in order to stop your partner from leaving you, from finding women attractive or from cheating on you, and so on, are just things that you do in order to prevent an emotion in your body. You are trying to control your partner in order to not feel a vibration in your body. And what this does is it just puts negative emotion in your body ahead of time. You're constantly in a state of anxiety, worry, and fear. And you also block all positive emotions like connection, intimacy, and trust. If you can be willing to feel any emotion without fear, you will get access to your trust, your confidence, and happiness in your relationship. And if you want to learn more about emotions in general and how to process them in a healthy, productive way, definitely go check out episode 37, How to Feel Your Feelings. Now to the final step in curing your worst-case scenario obsession. Practicing equal airtime. Basically, what this means is that you need to intentionally give the best case scenario as much time and attention in your brain as you give to the worst case scenario. As I said in the beginning, our primitive brain doesn't think that the best case scenario is quite as useful or interesting as the worst case. So you're going to have to use your prefrontal cortex, the intelligent, intentional part of your brain, to intentionally think about the best case scenario. It's going to feel kind of weird and pointless and unrealistic in the beginning. But the worst case scenario, honestly, is equally unrealistic at this point in time. 
This is a practice that you can get better at, and just giving equal airtime to both sides will actually benefit you a lot. It's not about ignoring or shutting down the worst case scenario and getting rid of it. That doesn't work, because then your primitive brain will just scream louder because it feels really important. So, we want to hold one in each hand, and then just give them equal airtime. If you're going to obsess over the worst case scenario for an hour, you need to be disciplined and obsess over the best case scenario for just as long. This is a way to balance out what your brain is focusing on and help neutralize all the negativity in your mind. Thinking about the worst case scenario puts a lot of negative emotions in your body and they make you act grumpy and anxious in your relationship. So naturally, thinking about the best case scenario will hopefully fill you with positive emotion and you can choose to act from those feelings instead. And the more you practice, the better you'll get at accessing them. Practicing this equal airtime concept is a tool kind of like meditating. It's not about being cured or enlightened on the other side of practicing it. The time you spend doing it is the point of it all. There is no end destination you will arrive at. It's the act itself that holds value and strengthens your brain's capacity to be intentional rather than just go with whatever your primitive brain has been programmed to do. Whenever you ruminate on the worst case scenario and freak out and start imagining a bunch of things, hold space for that. And then also imagine the best case scenario and what could happen as well. It's not about replacing the worst case with the best case in order to get rid of all the negativity. It's just about holding both equally and neutralizing the threat a bit by intentionally focusing on the positive as well. So, the worst that can happen is an emotion in your body. Make peace with the worst case scenario actually happening instead of trying to convince yourself that it won't happen. Notice that you'll survive the worst case scenario happening and accept that possibility. And if you're gonna die, then you won't even know about it, so... Most likely, death is not an outcome of your worst-case scenario. And then start practicing giving equal airtime to both. Both the worst-case scenario and the best-case scenario in your mind. Thank you for tuning in this week. I'll see you back here next Monday. Bye-bye!